Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise to talk sports on a national level. Both with the topics, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What's good out there, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room and our countdown to retirement brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the Bull Dev Mac, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brothers for the 686th time. I mean, I'm sure we missed a bunch of shows individually in between that time, but you've gotten one of the three of us, 686 times uh, before this. Well, 685 times before this. But, look, I'm here with my brothers again, Jimmy the Blueprint, B. Austin in the building. We've reached that point of the summer where baseball and golf tournaments are the only games in town. Uh, though I do love baseball and definitely watch every day of the season, we don't talk much pastime here on the World Room. So this will be – we're going to take it back since, you know, we're nearing – the end of our run, at least, I mean, you know, for everybody that's out there, you know, we do have some loyal, loyal fans out there, at least the end of our run as a weekly program. We might jump on every once in a while if we got something to say and spit at y'all, but the way sports talk is going these days, I doubt it. But look, (laughs) uh, like I said, this is that that, that part of the summer where, you know, baseball and golf rules everything, so we're going to take it back to the olden days of the war room where, you know, we had a main topic. Our shows were topical and we got one for you in store this evening that we're going to talk about for a little while and then get up out of here. So uh, this episode will be about the three point line in basketball and what effects it has on the modern day game. So sit back, relax, bust it up again with your brothers in the war room, the greatest man cave in the history of civilization. Episode 686 starts right now. Of course, you can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on a digital extreme tech hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. What up, fam? Yo, I heard that the BET Awards was a huge minstrel show. Did anybody watch? Nah, I didn't watch it, but I've I've seen 10-second clips, and it was enough for me to know. Oh, man. I I didn't even see clips. I saw still photos, and, like, the still photos I saw looked like a a scene from the movie Baps. (laughs) I didn't know what was going on at the the BET Awards. Did you see any of it, Jim? Yeah. No, not one piece. The only thing I saw was um, I did watch Busta Rhymes' uh, acceptance speech, but I watched that on YouTube the day after. But yeah, I, I'm I'm old. Did he perform? Like, I just yeah, like, I'm, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm old. He did. I'm like that. I'm, he I'm did, old. but I ain't even I ain't even care to watch that either. Like 
I'm, cool. I'm, I'm gonna look that no. up though, because I'm sure you know busting. I'm, 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 I'm listen. My life, my life, the last 48 hours has revolved around Pusha T putting foot in Jim Jones's behind. I, I, I'm way too excited for this. So that was like two weeks ago. But yo, my thing is Almighty, <laughs> Almighty's, uh, Almighty's acceptance speech. Um, you know, was 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 dope. He had a dope acceptance speech. That's what made me watch it. Someone said uh, Buster gave a good acceptance speech. So let me look up Almighty, see what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? See what the Godfather had to say. But that was dope. But other than that, man, I, yo, I'm cool. I'm a check. I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna definitely check so out cool. Lord. Um, but this 50th anniversary of hip hop, like what I'm hearing. It should have been more than than what I'm hearing. Like you gotta honor hip hop, man, and and in a better way than that. Um, I, I've been hearing rumors. Um, they've been unsubstantiated thus far that Tyler Perry, um, purchased or at least has a deal in place to purchase BT and VH1. Um, you know, hopefully this isn't Tyler's first. That ain't a good. That ain't a first, good thing. <laughs> but uh, I heard, it's, it not, is I heard not, it's not true. I, I I heard that I heard too. I heard it's still it. in the bidding phases myself, but for some reason, there were a lot of congratulations going on on social media from other no. celebrities, as if they knew something that we didn't. But yeah, I think a, a lot of people man, might listen, be jumping on. Man, listen, y'all got like folks got to got to chill, man. Like I, I just and I saw the court documents with uh with Papa Diddy Pop and um and De Leon, and I was like, yo. So, you know, he's in lawsuit with the, the makers of Ciroc. They basically cut him off because right. he had the Ciroc deal where he was basically a paid spokesperson. He had no equity. So he's been lying mm-hmm. about that, too. Um, the second <laughs> part is they were supposed to start a liquor. They were supposed to start a second beverage together called uh, whatever it was called, a tequila, De Leon or something. And the idea was for both of them to put up um, some bread, $100 million to be exact, to start this brand, and he would have half ownership. Court documents show that – um. They put up they hundred million and Puffy put up a thousand dollars. So, but everybody out here defending Puff like they wrong. <laughs> and what and he you know, was, all he got to say is what he what what he allegedly said. Oh, they racist, and then you know we jump on yeah. the bandwagon as soon as yo, you say that. Yo, my man put up a thousand dollars. Yo, I seen cats put more than that down stack. on a used car. My man put yo. a on a deal and was like, yo, I want fifty percent. Here go my stack. Yo, Jigga put more of that up on than, uh, with the Nets. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yo, my man put a stack up, yo. Yeah, By the way, we, this is not can't. my opinion. This is, this is, this is, you know, you're going to look at the court doctors out there. But anyway, I say all that to say, Damn, a stack. I don't know what's going on with BDP. None of that, man. Like, you know, I just, just mind my business these days, man. Like, the world is too crazy, man. Did Pusher come back with a, with, a, with a round two yet? Or Jim Jones, is the ball and Pusher's no, call? No, and be often still talking about the first jump. Oh, yeah, I'm talking right. about the first jump. Did you hear the Jim Jones' reply? Yeah, Jim, Jim Wack, we, all three of us better than him. But the round two that I heard allegedly isn't really Pusha T, it's AI. And I don't mean oh, telling you saw, you saw, you saw, you saw for the banana in the tailpipe, Paul. Yeah, oh, probably. The intelligence. So people out here can't wait for responses, so they're just going to go make their own. Like, let's do this battle the way we want to do this battle. Yeah. That's what I'm that's that's the way, yo, I don't know what's real and what's not no more, man. So I just, right. you right. know, mind my business. Because 
Jim, that joint I sent you earlier, I didn't see three people post that now. So a lot of people out here thinks that Duh. Tom Hanks is going to play Martin Duh. Luther King on a Netflix movie. And yo, I'm like, yo, why do people, like, you know what, though? I've got, I got to set a date and just get offline altogether. <laughs> right, right. Not yeah. just not just yeah. this. Not just this. 100%. Right, we just got to go, man. We just got to go. You got to leave, man. I'm <laughs> trying to get my weight up, get my weight up so I can purchase that spaceship. But when I yeah. get the space, I ain't coming back. I mean, give me a spaceship or a submarine. I'm going to get out of here. I mean, you <laughs> ain't going to leave the subs alone these days. <laughs> nah, I'm going to go live in Atlantis, man. Find a way to breathe underwater. Um, I'm trying to find me a small farm, man. Just go fishing every day and mind my business. Just, <laughs> just, I'll just move out and buy some land next to Kanye in Wyoming. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I'm mean, afraid to be around too many yachts. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I don't right. know. Just got to find something way out there where there's nobody. Nobody. Either. And that's the thing. So either you around them or you're around the 17%. But either way, it's, it's problematic. Yeah. All right. Y'all know what it is, man. Before we get started, we just got to remind you that whether you're with us live or not, Anytime on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that at our website, warroomsports.com, or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. Where you can't do it anymore is Stitcher, because Stitcher apparently is going out of business. We've been on Stitcher since like 2011. So shout out to them and the run that they had, but peace. Um, so there's never an excuse to miss an episode, so don't miss an episode. You know, you can listen to the War Room, Tissue in the Tapes, Your Hip Hop Head, the Broad Street Line. If you're in the deep in the Philly sports, they get it in for you. Uh, John Appetit, if you call yourself a foodie, on the couch with the Wilsons. If you love movies, TVs, documentaries, they watch everything so you don't have to. So check out everything on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. All right, these hot topics are brought to you by my bookie, War Room Family. Time for you to make some money sports betting in my bookie. If you still haven't checked them out, then it's time to stop all getting. Lay down some bread on all the biggest games in sports, all the biggest baseball games and golf tournaments, um, you know, by joining us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your bread fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting. So you can place wages a little bit after game starts. So join now. My book, you'll match 50% of your first deposit up to a stack, up to a puff. War Room, to activate this offer, to get you half a ditty. Visit mybookie.ag today, play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. All right, man. So, yeah, you know, go there. Get you, get you half, a, <laughs> half, a, half a cheesecake. All right, uh, let's start with the stat of the week, man. Let's go baseball a little bit like i said it's the only thing in town right now but some some great things have happened in baseball this week Shut stat, up, of the week, stat of the week 27 up 27 down yankees domingo herman authors the first perfect Ew. game since august 2012 and it's the 24th perfect game in major league baseball history he had no walks and no hits in 99 pitches, um, got a lot yeah, of runs. Triple Jones, perfect game. So, so he got he he got his perfect game in. I'm just gonna read a couple of things about this perfect game just to put it into a little bit more perspective. Um, entering yesterday because it happened on Wednesday, and Jim, if, if you can get up in the the chat room, it's, it disconnected me 
I just reconnected, so they might see me up in there, but you know how the chat room been acting lately. Um, entering yesterday, it had been 3,969 days since a perfect game had been thrown in the majors. Uh, in that time, there were 31 individual no-hitters and nine combined no-hitters. Um, this basically, this information underscores how rare the perfect game is in baseball. Like I said, baseball has been around since the 1800s, and this is only the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. So the Bo Hermann, spelled German, struck out nine A's batters through 99 pitches in the 11-0 victory. Um, a little bit more about it. Uh, this was the first one, like I said earlier, since 2012. Um, when there were a single season record three back in 2012. That's kind of crazy. This is so rare, but three of them happened in 2012. But the last one was Felix Hernandez on August 15, 2012. That's the longest drought between perfect games uh, since the span from a boy named Catfish Hunter on May 8, 1968 for Oakland to Lynn Barker's for Cleveland on May 15, 1981. Now, this was the Yankees' fourth perfect game, uh, which broke a tie at three with the White Sox for the most of any team in MLB history. Uh, the ball Herman joins David Cohn, David Wells, and Don Larson in the Yankees' record book. Um, it was the third in the history of the Oakland Coliseum. Oakland Coliseum has seen some stuff. I saw the ball uh, Tim Hudson throw a – wasn't a perfect game, but I saw him throw a, a – a, we call it a complete game shutout um, at the Oakland Coliseum once, um, that dump of a place, which is why they're losing all their professional teams because they're trying to make everybody play in it uh, for like 90 years. Um, either way, a very, very impressive feat. Um, <laughs> y'all got anything before we, we move on? Uh, congrats to Bo and his family. Um Sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely though, because Ball in his previous start against the Mariners on the 22nd, yo, he surrendered 10 runs on eight hits. So that's that outing they said is now it has a place in history because of all the 24 perfect games in MLB history, his is the first one to come on the heels of a 10 plus run outing. So he basically got shelled in his last outing and then came back and threw a perfect game on the ass. So what they say is not it's not about how you fall, it's about how you get back up, something like that. Bull got the hell back up. So shout out to Domingo Herman on his uh feet that'll put him down in history. I mean, his career might end up being more on the side of the ten runs given up. He might be trash. I know he was already suspended one time, eighty one games in his career, um, for performance. Oh, he, wanted Roy, he wanted them Royd boys. <laughs> So, but now he's, you know, he's come back to do this. So shout out to him. Um, another amazing stat that happened this week in baseball, your man Shohei Otani showing off again. He's the first American League pitcher since 1963 to strike out 10 batters. To strike out 10 batters and hit two home runs in the same game. Um, interesting that you say that. B. Austin, because of this feat and the feats that he's done similar to it in his short career, talking heads are already having the conversation of whether or not he's the greatest baseball player we've ever seen. (laughs) 
I, I Yo, think, and I know, I know it's prisoner at the moment. I know it's prisoner at the moment a little, but the stuff he does, like the stuff he does, I know not necessarily in accumulation, but it's akin to like like Jerry Rice. Come on, man. Well, the Yo, stuff he does on, in baseball. I don't even know. I don't even know if you compare it to Jerry Rice though, dog. Like one dude is like the best pitcher and the best hit. Like who does this? I was about to say. If you were going to compare him to Jerry Rice, then Jerry Rice would have to switch over and play cornerback and do, do the exact yeah, same thing he does as a receiver yo, as a cornerback. This is, this is the equivalent of Jerry Rice being Jerry Rice and Dion in one person. In one person, right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there is merit to – and you know how we've always – you know, we, we distinguish between some of the terminology, and it makes sense to us. Like, I really think – you have to separate best from greatest. Maybe what he's doing, because you don't see baseball players playing two ways like, like this, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has to play the field and everybody has to bat. But pitching puts you in a whole different realm because we've seen over the last 65 years or so, they don't even let pitchers hit in the American League. And now in the National League, they got the designated hitter as well. So pitchers don't even hit in baseball anymore, but this dude right now is is dominating on both sides. No of the human being can do that. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, and his story is he's he's going to end up being the Will Chamberlain of, of baseball when when the when this the legend of Otani is shared. Um, I'm give you a, a little little look into what he's doing on both sides of the ball. And and to me, this stuff, like, it makes me say, all right, I don't really think there's anything wrong right now. Like, I wouldn't dismiss or argue with anybody right now who says Shohei Otani is the best player in baseball. Like, he's the best player right now. And ironically, he plays on the same team with somebody who's been universally touted as the best player in baseball uh, for the last, you know, half decade or so, and, and Mike Trout. But, yo, the dude, I'm, I'm trying to look for this little stat line that we had up that I can't find, of course, when I need it. But he's, yo, I think he's leading, he's leading the major leagues in strikeouts. He's leading the major leagues in home runs with 28 right now. <laughs> like, come on, man. Where do they where do they do that? Where do they do that? I guess in Japan, but where do they do that? Both so definitely shout out show. to him, but I think it's really premature to be talking about greatest of all time. Um, just like when we talk about Mike Trout. I mean, in baseball, statistics can get you that. You know what I'm saying? Because Barry Bonds never won a championship. Um, he did win seven MVP awards. Um, which Otani, you know, you got to get your weight up if, if, if people are going to put you in that category. So in baseball, I don't really think it's the sport where, or they haven't, at least they haven't gotten here yet, where they're forcing people to win a ton of championships before they call you the greatest of all time, because baseball is probably the most stat-driven sport there as far as individual accolades and, and how you're remembered. Um, so, so he'll get there if he keeps playing like this, if he keeps playing at this level. But, yeah, I think um, conversation might be a little premature. But if you want to say he's the I, best I know, player I know in baseball, I know I'll we're jumping it. the gun, man. But I'll take it. I know we're jumping the gun, but to y'all point, man, I ain't never heard of Dion 
and Jerry in the same body, man. <laughs> and the thing is, like, the only person in baseball history, B, that you can compare him to is, is Babe Ruth. But the difference with Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth Babe was, stopped Babe pitching was smoking before he started and, destroying and home runs. He like when he was pitching, he had never hit more than I think I think I heard twenty home runs in a season. So when he started hitting thirty, forty, fifty home runs in a season, that's after he stopped pitching. This dude is doing it all at the same time, and he's like leading several categories with pitchers and several categories with hitters. Uh, all in the same season right now. No, y'all know, y'all know, y'all know, y'all know this sport better than I do, way better than I do. So I don't even this this should sound amazing times ten to me. But so let me ask a question, and y'all may already know this. It may be a dumb question, but isn't his body going to break down because both activities have their own like stresses on the body, like? Well, How a lot of pitchers to... suffer. The thing is, I think the difference is pitching and hitting are two different motions. So what's going to break you down as a pitcher might not totally affect you as a hitter. One great example of that is the fact that Bryce Harper came back faster from Tommy John surgery than anybody in baseball history, right? So he's been at bat. You know, since he's been back, since late April, early May or something like that, but he hasn't played the field yet. They only have him playing designated hitter. They don't want him to play the field because they don't want him to have to throw the ball after Tommy John surgery. So he can go out here, even though he's not hitting home runs at the clip that he's used to, but, you know, nobody thinks that it has anything to do with the surgery. So you can swing the bat and do that motion and still do it at a high level but they haven't allowed him to go out into the field and throw the ball yet just because of the difference. You know what I'm saying? That, that it, that it, the different wear and tear that it puts on your arm. So here's the, the, the ranks that I was talking about. Right now, um, as it stands, he ranks first in the, in the majors in home runs. He ranks first in the majors in RBIs. He ranks first in the majors in slugging percentage. <laughs> then you take him to the other side no, of the picture. He's he first in the league at opponent's batting average as a pitcher. He's first in the league at opponent hits per nine in- innings. And he's second in the league um, as far as strikeouts per nine innings. So, yeah, we've never now, seen anything like this didn't, before. Didn't, didn't but in this short amount of time, Africa, we can't be saying that. Didn't the African dudes games in, like, in, like, the Negro League or something? Like, <laughs> there got to be something. Like, yo, this ball don't even sound huge. My my only thing about baseball and what I don't understand about baseball is even, like, when you're coming up and you're a great pitcher, most of the times, you know, when you're in club, you're in high school, you're in college, you, you're, you're a pretty good hitter, if not a great hitter as well, when you're, you know, coming up in the ranks as baseball. I just think maybe to, to my misunderstanding, maybe once you become a professional pitcher, that's all that you're working on so much, and they probably stop you from getting batting practice in, that you just become a, a terrible hitter percentage-wise. And I think all your craft is, is, is concentrated on that one thing. I guess that's the reason, because I'm like, why can't we see more of this? Because a lot of people coming up are great pitchers and great hitters at the and same do, time. And do, both. 
Yeah, but once you get to the majors, <laughs> even when they made pitchers hit, like most of them seem like they sucked at it. So, uh, but shout out to Otani, man. Already in the goat conversation. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, so uh, <laughs> in other news, our quote of the week, <laughs> real simple, three words, F my life. And that quote comes from an unprompted text to Fred Katz from an NBA team's cat person. Do y'all have any any clue of why, you know, an uh, NBA cat person would be saying, F my life? Why is money he still cash hold, money cash right now? It's CJ's fault because under the current cap, you can't really even, yo, it's basically they, they did everything to prevent super teams. Um, but the salaries are so far out of control. Now you're going to be, you're not even going to be able to hold on to players who technically aren't superstars, but high-level players. Like, it's a lot of big decisions that are going to have to be made um, to really, really shake up the whole league. I don't think people even recognize just how deep this is about to get. You know what I mean? Like, you, this is one of the reasons why Jordan Poole was out of there. Um, it's the so, reason this, why uh, Marcus Smart has is gone. Jim, this has to like to be like what the the details in the new collective bargaining agreement. This has to be something detail related because it's not all sheer numbers because the salary cap is going up by like ten million dollars. The luxury tap, tax is going up um around the, the, but the there's same a, there's like a scale but there's so there's many a scale on how you play yeah, there's a scale on how you pay plus all I mean, right. I can't take credit for it. I watched I watched the video where Dude broke it down line by line on YouTube, but right. and he was um like he's breaking down. It's like a scale, so it's only so much you can have. Once you play one player, one thing is like a scale you have to uh, go by. Right, and so, and I see a bunch of like me, you know different things with the mid level exceptions and the veteran minimums and the all of that kind of stuff is changing. But like the biggest culprit in this is they're they're. The inflation, they started to pay players too much. And every time one somebody got one of them big deals, what did oh, we say on here? Much. Like, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be hell at the next collective bargaining agreement because the owners it, 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 can't it, it, keep letting this. Uh, this, go is, on. this is chicken. Chicken's coming home. Coming home to reach. It is, but it yeah. isn't right because I mean the money's still gonna be spent. At this point, that the, the cap is going up, it's gonna have to be spent in a different way though. So now what will happen is you'll have even more bums getting more money because the money has to be spent more on the lower side than the top side. So you believe so, oh, so you believe this impacts the lower end as opposed to the upper echelon. But but but, but, but the see. thing is though, the owners man. But, I, owners, but like, some of the stuff that it, I've it, seen, it's, it's I've seen the salaries for the lower echelon people going down low. Like they're saying Dylan Brooks is fighting right now to get over the mid-level $12.5 million. And I, I still go back to all of this. Like, wow. I really think this Dylan Brooks situation is crazy because you got cats like Duncan Robinson making $20 million a season. And Dylan Brooks, who brings way more to a team than Duncan Robinson, he says something about LeBron, and now he's fighting to find somebody to sign him for over $12.5 million. Hey, that's crazy. You take a shot to King. You best not miss. <laughs> he missed like a mug. <laughs> He missed like he missed a mic. He shot a hairball. He took a shot and shot a hairball. <laughs> 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 Yo, his gun didn't work. Oh. But that is crazy. And, yeah. you know, so, Andre so Drummond, he's opting in to $
The lower dude so getting less money, but the like, big money dude getting like 40 and 50 a year. Exactly. So you want to have the guys at the very, very tippy top making exorbitant contracts, but it's going to affect the guys who are like that second tier, like the Tobias Harris type dude, the TJ, TJ himself, like dudes that's not like superstars, but, you know, stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, or, it's, or, or teams going to have to start paying them like superstars. It's, it's, it's going to be out of whack. I mean, at the end of the day, like, the money is being split. The pie is being broken down. So the money is there. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. So I, put, that, I put my money on that executive sending that text being James Jones from the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> yeah. I, I got Yo, that. Yeah, exactly I thought it might be. I thought it was. It got to be Phoenix. I thought it might I think it might be Dunleavy. Like Dunleavy got the job and was like, "Holy, I can't, I can't just do what it I want to do." Might be no that more. too. And wondering why dude quit, and he thought you was getting a bump, and they was really yeah, setting you like, up. Yeah, he's like, "I got to bump up, boy, quit." And now you're like, <laughs> "Now you're like, you oh, I see why he quit. I'm about to quit too." Set you up for failure out this piece. Yeah, his name came to mind. I think it's either James Jones or Mike Dunleavy Jr. That's like, damn. And and like you said, or, it might or, might be Dunleavy because he's new to this now. So, like you get it's thrown into the fire. Though, so it's twenty twenty three though. So at the end of the day, it might not have been nobody because <clears throat> that's I how these reporters play. They be like sources. So <laughs> <laughs> right, I seen well. I seen I seen we seen Cam this week has come up with this crazy story on his show, and then every other sports show reported as if it's a fact. And when he said it, yeah, I thought he was joking. I didn't even know he was serious when he said it. I thought he was joking, but they all report. I saw another sure I saw um, Nick Wright. I saw uh, Jay. They reported his story like it was a fact. This was, this was the, the Jordan Pool. The Jordan Pool. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But they reported Cam like like Cam was there. They quoted Cam like he was he was in the room when it happened. Yeah, I think they were I'm trying like, to. So I think they were trying to go on the fact that well, Cam might. Some of these dudes might talk to Cam, but Cam ain't even really a part of their generation. So which one of these dudes in there talking to Cameron? Uh, yo, yo. But when he said well, it, though, Jordan Ford, like he was yo, Jordan Ford yeah, don't like, know who joking. Cam is. Big Weldon might. <laughs> yo, they. I thought he said it in jest, which is my point. Is I thought he said it in jest because he was laughing as he was telling the story, but they straight took it as a, a fact and reported it. And I'm like, hold up. So this is why, again, you know, my theme today, I don't know what's real. Yeah. When I was listening to him, though, like, it, I mean, it was Cam being Cam. There was a couple of giggles in there. But there were some points of that conversation where he was, like, talking like he was serious. But I'm still like, like, who told him this? Like, where is he getting this information from? I'm trying to figure but, out who in that locker room or who like, on that coaching staff Cameron would be cool with. But even beyond that, though, right, here's the thing. I mean, we've we've all played ball. We've all played organized ball. Yo, when you're talking trash, dog, you try to say the, the wildest thing possible to affect whoever you're talking trash to. So that probably ain't even the worst thing that was said. Like, just dog, don't. It just doesn't usually about, end like, up with a teammate getting knocked out. But <clears throat> yo, happen. I forgot who it was. Somebody, somebody was on the Fed's couch, and by the Fed's, I mean Vlad. They were talking. I forgot who it was. One of the NBA players he had on there, but they were talking about some of the stuff that Gary Payton used to say. Right. Gary Payton used to say stuff, dog, that was like, yo, you just want to rumble him. Like, that's how trash talking is. The top trash talkers say wild stuff. But I guess it came different when it comes from Jordan Yo, what Gary Payton used to say was completely inappropriate to to the other person. Like, man, bro. like, there's no way. There's no way you're not stealing off on him. Yo, 
GP said he used to do research on people's personal life, like it was a rap battle, just to play Absolutely. ball against them. Right. And I'm thinking if I'm, I mean, KG, you know, KG if I'm a non-consequential player, I would like, stretch GP boots. But then if I was non-consequential, he probably wouldn't have wasted his time talking trash to me. Either, so. That's true too. Now, but but look at KG. Look at KG talking crazy about my man's uh, wife Yams tasting like honey nut Cheerios. <laughs> Got, no, got waited no, for, no, got wanted, waited for it to no bust. No one to exchange hands for that. Yeah. 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 Online, you can't, you're not supposed to go over. Some dudes got away with it. But, tis with it, tis. All right, so uh, let's talk about, um, you know, our, our main topic from tonight, man. Uh, the three-point shot. In basketball, not just NBA basketball, the three-point shot in basketball, period. Um, it's become a major component in the game, not even a major component. It's it's pretty much at a crossroads where it might be the major component in a basketball game. It might be the most important thing in a basketball game right now. And I'm talking about over driving to the hoop. I'm talking about over defense. I'm talking about... Um, if we look at a lot of box scores and we look at a, a lot of team stats and how wins and losses are created in the NBA and in other leagues, the biggest statistic these days, the biggest swing to a game, which team made the most three-pointers? That's usually, I don't know what the statistic is on that, but I can go Poma with it, probably 85% of the time, the team that hits the most three-pointers wins any particular game on any particular shout out, shout out Duncan Robinson making 20 my, mil a year my question to you guys has the three point shot ruined basketball or has it began to ruin basketball or do you like it like do you like where we um, are now it's, like it's, ruined, it's ruining basketball but it's a larger theme right it's not just the three point shot itself it's society, man. Art and sports imitate life. So I believe that I believe that right now what we're looking at is, A, we're not concerned about the quality or integrity of the game. We're concerned about selling this product. And what sells the product? The, the thing with the biggest splash and the thing that gets us the most points the fastest. And here, here we have it. Like there's no – and so now – guys aren't really even focused on or concentrating on other aspects of the game. You have people that probably shouldn't be shooting threes, shooting threes. It, 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 it's, it's, and it's all, it all for me comes from the, the mentality that has us out of whack or out of balance. I think it's an out of balance thing. It's not even the three pointer itself. It's the balance. You got yeah. It, 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 we're we're looking for the biggest pop. We're looking for the most entertainment value. We're looking for the for the most points in in one shot. Like that's 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 what I see. Well, I mean, it, it has to have a lot to do with you know the new analytical approach that that we're taking towards the game that we're taking towards all sports. I mean, quite frankly, um, shoot, Moneyball. In in baseball, you know that movie was made about something that happened back in like what was it, two thousand five or even before that? I forgot what 
season that was for that for the for the Oakland A's. But analytics play a huge part in how we view sports, how we view statistics, and in some sports, you know, how we view paying people. In basketball, analytics tell you no, no matter what you've seen all your life, the analytics tell you that the three-point shot is a more efficient shot than, you know, most other shots other than a layup. Now, we would always say, how is that true? Because the three-point shot, percentage-wise, is a low-percentage shot. But what they're trying to say is either you're getting to the rim or you're shooting a three-pointer because three-pointers are going to give you more points like you said, per make, so you can afford to miss some. You can afford for the shot to be a little less efficient, but if you end up getting hot, and, and if you look at NBA basketball, if you look at just basketball period these days, you can see how the three-point shot has also decreased the gap, the talent gap in the league. You know, talent seems to always rise to the top. A lot of teams – who don't have the same kind of talent as their opponents can stay in a game and be competitive with those opponents because they might have better three-point shooters. But is this a good thing or a bad thing, folks? That's what I'm asking. So I'm I'm going to be in the minority on this. I don't think it's a uh, a bad thing at all. I don't think it's ruined the game. I think it's changed the game. I think it's a different thing. I remember O'Hare telling me that the league was ruined because they made the they, they widened the lane so the so the game is ruined. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? But it's just a different game in my personal opinion. And statistically speaking, three pointers are a higher percentage shot. It's, it's it's strictly math. The math is what the math is. Like, you know, we can argue about what's what, but factually speaking, the math no, it's is not the a math. higher now, percentage shot. Because the facts say No 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 no. I said more efficient. I said more efficient. No, more yeah. efficient. More, more efficient yeah. in terms of scoring. Yeah, more efficient in terms of scoring. So, I mean, that's just what the math says, right? So at the end of the day, like when people talk about the three-point shot has ruined the game, I mean, or, or made the game worse, like, I mean, it's, that's a subjective thing, which is cool. But I think in ways it's improved the game, and I don't think it's just changed the game. It's just a different game. Like and the game will continue to evolve. It'll be something different in 10 to 15 years. Um, maybe the game slows down. I mean, the it's game is consistently changing slow down off time over time. Or they'll get the four if you if you shot. look at the, if you look at the game since its inception and you look at the the data, you'll see how the flow of the game has just changed and changed. Because now, when you have more people that shoot threes, it, it kind of gets rid of the slow-footed players because you have to be able to like you know um, get out there and defend the three. So now you have you know a different type of pace. I think the game has more skilled players than it's ever had. Um, it's just a versatile, fast game. I think it's a different game. Um, so to me, I don't think that it's ruined the game at all. Um, it maybe I think the game having more people. skilled players that's just a that's just a mark of evolution. Like I don't think it. But but, has but that's but that's part of it being a that. different game though. Because I don't that's think all these players game. use the full skill set that they even have now. Because you know they're concentrating on just. Well, they're, they're, still, they're still playing still within the framework. But what I'm three. saying is that the, the, the idea of the, the, the slow footed, which made, which is what made people like look at Joker, like, hold on, this dude is like, you know, slow, what have you. But he's he's an outlier more so than the norm because the slow footed guy is generally not even in the league at this point because you have to be able to defend that three. Um, so to me, it's just a completely different game than the game that was in the past. There's no longer throwing in the post. And some people hated that. 
You know what I mean? It definitely, like, it definitely changes defense. Definitely changes defense. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it when the Spurs and Pistons were good and they were scoring sixty points. Like I want one. I want somebody to score sixty, not the team. Like so, we just go through phases in the NBA, and I think the game will continue to evolve. Like, you know, if somebody's old enough, they may make the argument they ruined the game when they cut the bottom of the peach basket off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so the game just evolves and it right. changes I, and it continues. Anybody who say that dead already? So all them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A bit, you know. <laughs> and like y'all ruined the game. Like what you know, somebody might say they ruined the game. They allowed you to start dribbling. You know, when basketball started, there was no such thing as a dribble. You would have to allowed, pass the ball and stay still. Allowed these black people to dumb that look. Ruined the game. Maybe not dumb that look. But <laughs> that was the game, right? So the game continuously evolved. So in my personal opinion, because I'm gonna now, I don't think it's ruined the game at all. all good. I think it's a different game. It's a beautiful game. It's this thing of ours, an FOH. Yeah, I mean, I'm always gonna love basketball. Um. It it is definitely is taken away some of the stuff for me. I mean, I can go past all the analytical stuff that we can talk about and say. I just I personally think it's just boring. Like you tune into any game and it's like from the tip it just starts. It's like it's a three point shooting contest. And because it's a lower percentage shot, like most of the time you see the people chucking them up, they're missing. So it's like, you know, I I tune in to see everybody brick threes all night. Then somebody gets hot for a little while, and then, you know, the score comes back. Now, the ebbs and flows could be the exciting part to it because um, we've always said that basketball is a game of runs, and it, and it damn sure shows itself in this because the hardest thing to do in basketball is to keep a damn lead. Shout out to Doc Rivers. Shout out to the Sixers. Um, because once you do that, any other game plan besides let's just chuck up threes are going to go out the window and you're just going to go for it. And you hit a few and you get some stops, then you're right back in the game. But I, I personally think it's, I think it's, it's boring. I think it's bad basketball. Um, you walk into any gym in America and that's the thing. It starts, it's basketball, all sports, but basketball in particular is such a copycat sport. I think that's where it gets, that's where it gets hurt because even all the skills that you're teaching these kids today, because all of these kids that can afford it got personal trainers and all this kind of stuff. If you walk into any gym in America, kids, no matter how old they are, no matter how young they are, no matter how strong they are, no matter how weak they are, if there's no supervision, all you're going to see is everybody run to the three-point line, chucking up shots that they're not strong enough to chuck up, messing up their form and all that kind of stuff. Which I guess to these trainers is a good thing because that's more money you can make, you know, claiming to be trying to fix somebody's mechanics and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I guess it's good for business. But the fact that this is all they see or what they think they think is all they see on TV, it's all they do. And just being around the game at these young ages, that's where it really hurts for me. I'm like, look at all these kids just bending down to their damn knees. So they can spring their body up to chuck a three, a shot that they're not ready to take yet. So, so I get and what that. they're that's trying to that's copy, a whole different, Jim and Steph. But if you listen to Steph that's a whole different and his perspective, dad, right? that's not how he started. That's not how he started. That's, that's a whole different favorite. perspective. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, right, so I remember um, in Dr. J in his autobiography. By the way, if y'all never read Dr. J's book, y'all should read it. It's a dope-ass book. But he has like a whole chapter where he talks about how he thought the 90s was ass because he talks about the evolution of the game to the Jordan era and after post Jordan, everybody wanted to be the hero. 
He even went as far as to say the idea of the best player taking the last shot ruined the game. He said because when you play basketball, you know, he's an old head, so he's hating a little bit. But you know what? Um, and, I, you know, I don't. I don't think he's wrong though. And I think it's the same thing with uh, the three-point shot. Just because Steph is, is, is nice at it don't mean everybody else need to be doing this. Just because but, Mike but, it, but, it, but when you went dude, when you went to the thing, doesn't mean everybody else need to but, be, you know, the hero. But when you went into what you just said, it literally reminded me of that. I said, damn, it's, it almost sounded like, you know, almost verbatim what he said, but he was using a different era. He was right. pooping on an era that's near and dear to us. But he was saying that kind of the same analogy, but what you just said, right, everybody's not Mike. So – when everybody else does it, it's ass, and the game is ruined. The game is, you know, the game's no longer beautiful like when we played. And he was, you know, get off my lawn a little bit. Yeah. But his point was that the 90s basketball was ass, and it wasn't like the 80s and 70s. So the thing is, you know, that's just the tie. That's how, that's how things move. Not saying anybody's right or wrong because, again, this is all perspective. When we say ruin the game, we're talking about a subjective thing, how we feel about it. Right? right, like factually, we can't say things have ruined the game, you know, um, unless you're using data points such as viewers or money. I mean, the game is but, I mean right now. Other, more people playing that, it, more people watching it than ever before. So, yeah, so, so it's kind of hard to say whether it's ruined or not. But, but I get your point. So, it's like, more, so it's more people like learning to how, to, it, how to how to play terrible. Uh-huh. Than I mean, but before. I mean, the same argument could be said. The same argument could be said for the time that we love. More people learn how to isolate people and you know play in a triangle, and everybody wanted to be MJ. So it's like. But I'm pretty sure people that came to Florida, like if we talk, if we, if we talk, if we talk to like you know Russell and them, they probably used to clown Doc like you out here trying, you know, dunking all that or not. Like it's just this is just what it is. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I mean it's, it's, it's always and it's always going to be that. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely always going to be that. Um, for me though, I like it when, but but that's what I'm saying. The fact that we have that everything is always going to be, uh, you know, the copycat component is going to be there. We're always going to have this, no matter what the next thing is. Like right now it's the three-point shot. I don't know, whatever the next thing is, you're going to have one person doing it very well, and then the league is going to copy, and everybody's going to be trying to do that thing very well. And then the next generation, the three-point generation, is going to be like, yo, they're ruining the game, doing whatever this is that they're doing. But before, you know, the copycats – start to master things it's it's refreshing to have a league of this and maybe a bunch of different things going on and then you got this one exception that's doing something spectacular that you you haven't seen at this level before but then the copycats come in now everybody wants to play like jordan everybody's the hero at the end of the game and 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 yep. even though that's and the, you, and you the, always the, the that era we hold near and dear to our heart I know the three of us has said multiple times, several times throughout the last 13 years, as as much as at least two of us love Mike, we said Mike ruined the game. <laughs> like, we, we oh, credited I, I him with, with ruining the game. Oh, so, I'm, and that's I'm the thing. Mike. Like, when Steph was out friend. there, when Steph was doing his thing, it's like, all right, that's crazy. You've never seen – we've seen three-point shooters. But we've never seen somebody at this and, level. Now everybody. And I, I guess, don't want to see. Guess, I don't want to see ice tray. I don't want to see diet. And I guess you know the, the funny, the funniest on. part to me though. The mm-hmm. funniest part to me, and I guess like you know, Moore's law can also apply to basketball is how things are just moving at a rapid pace. And what I mean by that is, yo, I was watching um. So Iman Shepard is making his rounds in all the basketball pods, and you hear him talking. He talk about like back in my day. I'm like, yo, back in your day, wasn't it like two weeks ago. Right, like, they was like yesterday, the way, huh? 
<laughs> yo, like, yo, even Draymond. Draymond is still in the league and talking about, like, back in my day. He's still I'm like, in the league like, talking about back in my day. Yo, the funny thing yo, about Amon, so Amon is only like 31. Amon is older, but Amon Trump is only 32 years old. He's 32. But, but when you look, but the funny thing is about that, though, when you look got the retired team, early, these, so. are the, these, these are the OGs now. Um, you know, fans, Udonis has them because he's really the only true OG in the league. Everybody else, the old heads be young boys. Like, the league is getting extremely young. When you look at the, the draft the other night, all the young players that come in, dudes that stayed in college a couple of years, they don't even get drafted. So it's like the OGs in the league is like 30. So, <laughs> I mean, said. that has an effect. I, on Scott, I can't too, type so in the chat room, but I see you. And yeah, Bay Bay Roof Scabby said Dana Barrow's before his time. <laughs> my my question yeah, my Dana, question Dana Barrow's be, twenty million a year and, and this and if he came around now, Dana Barrow's getting twenty yeah, million a year. Dana Barrow's used to come down the court not passing nobody and just let that thing loose. Yo, just let it go. He was one of the first times. Oh, I had season tickets to the Sixers of the year, Dana Barrow's was our guy, so that, that that's nothing to brag I'm not bragging. That ain't nothing to brag about. That was My a bad time would be if if the if the league is getting younger and there is some value to letter, to to wisdom and veteran leadership and those things there's a void there how is it a better product if you're lacking wisdom and leadership or are we well, saying that younger people can lead and younger people can get wiser I mean, I think that's a major factor in the league, uh, B, that cats don't have vets anymore. There's no one Real quick, Jimmy, because I know you want to re- rebut on this. Do you really want to see Cat with all his talent just go stand in the corner and check out threes? Because that's what he thinks is okay. And when right. Jimmy Butler tried to correct that, they got him out of town. And look at the and look at the narrative behind Cat now. It's like already like people forgot how nice Cat was because he wants to do this and then he wants to brag like he's revolutionizing the game. Yeah, when like, he when he when he's going, they're gonna say he changed the game according to him. But yo, <laughs> but the thing about that though, be honest, is I think it's actually hurting more off the court than on the court, which is why we got you know um, Mariah Mills. We all know who she is now. We none of us knew who the hell she was a couple weeks ago. Like. <laughs> While we got her, while we got Zion out here, you know, yeah, we, we, all, like, we all know it. I mean, you know, I wasn't going to say nothing, but that's either here or there. Um, you know, but my whole thing is why he ain't holler at Jada Fire because she's still no mind. Um, <laughs> Jada uh, she probably did. She probably just quiet about hers. Yeah, she probably yeah. She definitely probably encouraged him because she's still. Sheesh, I don't know y'all. I mean, I know her. But never mind. Yo, um, all but the thing Anna, is, Anna Fox, yo, Anna Fox, dog. Dog, you seen Jada lately? All right, I mean, let me stop, man, because we're about to get all, way off topic. But um, the point is, I think it actually hurts more off the court than it does on the court. Um, but at the end of the day, though, I, I think Dev was getting ready to say this. Like, do you want to see every team with Udonis sitting on the bench acting like you, you know, I don't know if you want to see that. I mean, then when you feel, figure out how you got to allocate resources in terms of this new uh, CBA, they may be getting further away from uh, keeping old heads. Barkley said that when he came in the league, there was literally a spot on every team for just a veteran to tell you how to, uh, you know, go about your business. That was like that a paid spot. position. On, yeah, like it's like, yo, that's See, but the known thing is, that every team's got to have one. Some teams were lucky enough that that dude was still that dude. Like Barkley's vet was Moses Malone. And though he was yeah. on the downside of his career, Moses was still, you know, he's still 
a great player. Haslam is just sitting mm-hmm. there, just taking up money and taking up a spot. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I saw Kevin Willis hanging around when he was like 45, and his thing was just like getting, yeah. getting young boys. And, you know, so, I mean, yeah, it used to be was, a thing. It's no once you get no minutes and you're just there because you were always known to be solid, but nobody's using you, so you being solid doesn't matter, then, yeah, you're just the team psychiatrist at this point. But the the wild part is when you hear when you hear other players talk about Udonis Haslam, like they almost tricked me into believing he should be there. Like when I heard um Patrick Beverly talk about him and he was like, "Yo, he like, got he got to be fun. Life. He got to be fun, dude, because he don't play." Yo, but he was like, talking about, but he wasn't even talking about fun. He was talking about how the board changed his life in terms of like just making him a professional. Like this, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to eat. This is the chicks you got to stay away from. It. Like he was like basically giving him all the off the court game. D Wade said the same thing. A couple players, uh, Battier, all these dudes talk about him, and you hear him like, "Oh, he must really got a little bit of value." Because we always wonder. And and I believe why and that how there's the hell. value in that. But why can't that be a coaching position, a front office position? Not three, You're a not, young dude, not, yeah, and that's that's you still just years. hang that's with the team. Too. You can still be in the locker room. You can do what you do. Yeah, that's true. You too. don't have to be a that's traditional coach. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, but if yeah, they like it, too. yeah, I love it. Miami's still been making the finals every other year with him taking that spot. So it works for them. So he about to join know, what can I Pat, Pat Rowley out here building his own crime family. Like, Yo, so he about to put his money. Udonis Haslam is Dwayne Wade's old head, and Dwayne Wade's been left the league for LGBTQ and the change boys in the world. These life. are the thoughts gone. of B. Austin and B. Austin only. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to make that a, yo, I'm about to make that a drop, yo. Right, we needed we needed that years ago. Though. We needed that drop. Yeah, I'm a, matter of fact, I'm about to use one of these AI joints to make the voice make the voice Bubba Chuck. <laughs> these are the thoughts of Bill. We can just anytime he talks, we can just have our hand on the button because you know he's about to say something crazy. <laughs> yeah, we probably we probably definitely well, need that just, for our I'm last fifteen episodes. A lot of people so, always, man. As it gets close to being the end, he probably gonna get worse and worse. You know, be awesome like to name names. You know, to do all that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Neil said, her husband Keith said, "Cat is not Mark Price." Yeah, he just thinks he is for some reason. I'm telling you, and, and not that he's not a decent in-game shooter, but I'm t- he won that three-point contest and it completely went to his head. Like he really thinks he's dirty. Yeah, he he really thinks he dirt at this point. All right, so um, just to 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 wrap it all up to sum it up, I I think the three point. I mean, I can't just say the three point shot because the three point has been there since you know the nineteen eighties. It just hasn't been used like this up until now. Shoot, two years ago, teams were averaging. 35 three-point attempts per game. Um, I really do believe that somewhere in the next two to three years, the three-point shot is going to surpass the two-point shot as the majority uh, taken per game in the NBA. And, I, I you know, I, like I said, to me, I, I find it boring. Of course, it's basketball. If you get somebody back there who's on fire, that's an exciting thing to watch. But just watching teams chuck up threes back and forth, like there's a lot of 
like moments in basketball that I'll turn to a game and like for the first five minutes of me watching this game, nobody scores because they came down, Mr. Three, they came down and Mr. Three, they came down, Mr. Three, like change it up. Like try to be cliche. And then maybe, you know, you'll get hot, but it, it's the funny John is when they be on like three on one or four on one fast breaks and pull up the three, <laughs> like that's a coach would have, coach would have yanked us out so fast. Now it's like they get mad if you don't. Like you know what I mean? The funny thing is, that's though, a Jim, make, that's that make Middies great again. And then the funny thing make is, though, I think I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a hypocrite in all of this because I think I was doing more of that stuff back in the day. Yeah. But it wasn't popular then. So it wasn't like, so, you know, I was, I don't know if I was trying to be, but I was pretty much that outlier. Come down on a fast break and take a three and and all that kind of stuff. Now it's the norm. And I'm like, yo, I was definitely chucking chucking up. B. Austin was a three chucker. (laughs) <laughs> he was a three chucker. There was a time, B, especially when we got a little bit older and, and less athletic, where we couldn't get you to come inside the three point line. But it's crazy. Yo, yo, that you not sure watching this from the super athletic cats, it, it, it hits a little different. Like, yo, y'all can do so make much. Midi, make middies great again. <laughs> make middies you're, great you're, again. Go in there and rock on people more. I mean, people still get rocked yo, on, go get that, but it ain't enough people trying. Wear that T-shirt to your next, uh, to your next tournament. Make middies great again. <laughs> make middies great again. <laughs> I, ain't nobody I, I in the gym even going to know what it means. What are you talking about? I couldn't get to the rack, so I had to develop that so that when I hit them <laughs> with the step, look up in the air, they had to jump. So I could actually get to the rap. Like yeah. I couldn't just go by. See, I can't. I can't even. I can't even go that far because I was doing it when I was still quick and still athletic. So, shit. Me and Jim Yo, was playing Reggie in, in Miller, the Union, in the Union Dina game. I was pulling up from three. I was mostly trying to embarrass Yo, Reggie, them dudes. Pulling up from three on fast break. Yo, <laughs> Reggie Miller might make fifty million a year if he came around around this time. He got to be sitting around like, yo, I could, I would have been in a different conversation because he he would have made fifty million a year and averaged a good thirty five. Especially because he could shoot and do more stuff. Like back then, you had specialists. You had Dale Ellis, you had Steve Kerr, you had dudes who couldn't do anything but shoot a three. That was their, yeah. That was what they did for the team. Now, those dudes are being erased out of history because if I name the three point specialists from the eighties and nineties. A lot of people from this generation who just started watching basketball in this generation have no clue who those who those people are. I don't think you can Yo, completely I mean, ever erase Reggie out of out of history books. And they've seen a little bit of Ray Allen. As a matter of fact, they've seen Ray Allen when he became a three point specialist. They don't. They they might not yeah, know the Ray I, Allen who'll come down, tween tween, cross you up, and go rock on you. They don't know that Ray Allen. Yo, he left a long time. This is all part. This is all part of aging and growing. And when you is when you start to realize dudes that was like them dudes just get forgotten about in history. It's gonna be a handful of people, you know, like your Jordans, your Birds, your Magics. But outside of that, dudes that was like beasts, they, it's gonna be <laughs> like they never have existed. Fifty people. <laughs> they gonna be like top like, seventy five. Only but, no fifty. But now people. I but now I see why old heads in the day were fighting for people like Oscar because. You know, it's like because 
I mean, if you the history of basketball, you know, some people told us like, yo, Wilt Russell, Bird Magic, Mike, Doc, somewhere in between there, and you know, that's it. It's like five dudes. Yeah. You forget about Doc, like the Jerry Doc West. You forget about the better OG players Bell. on his team, and you ain't gonna never say their names. Yo, <laughs> like, no one, Doc, might have, Doc might have been the third best player on the Sixers, man. Andrew Tony was a killer. Dog, no one, no <laughs> one talks about Moses at all, like just at all. Yo, people don't know who Moses Malone is. Period. Like, who that? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, this is what I'm saying, though. Like, yo, people don't know who Terry Cummings is. Terry Cummings had gay. Buck Williams. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like these kind of dudes, man. Jerome Kersey. And I'm drawing now, but still, Jerome Kersey is nice. <laughs> Jerome Kersey would be a 20 million a well, like Jerry, dude now, like Jerry middle Jeffrey. of the road type dude, but. So, yeah, man. Come on, man. Sydney, 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 like Sydney Moncrief ain't have his game. Right. My man right. Richard Dumas. And that's what makes me mad. Like, when you when you see people crapping on Mike these days, I'm, I'm at the point, like, yo, you love LeBron, you hate Mike, and vice versa. Y'all keep that with each other. But then when y'all start talking about the people they played against, like, that's when I start to feel – a certain way. I'm like, damn, they acting like Alex English wasn't in the league with Mike. They was acting like Bernard King wasn't in the league with Mike. Like, y'all disrespecting a whole lot of dudes who could ball. Like, say what you want about Mike if you don't like it. Dismiss it. But stop trying to find any picture you can find of Mike being guarded by some white dude and act like that was it. Listen, You know what I mean? Y'all can say what y'all want. Drazen used to best Mike. Drazen was giving Mike everything he wanted, which is why Mike put money on his head. But that's either here or there. Yo! <laughs> yo, yo, look at the heads up with driving the mic. Driving yo, was coming said, for the number one spot. He was not he playing said, with y'all, yo. He said, he said Mike got driving brakes cut. Come on, man. Yo, yo. Look at the numbers, dog. Look at the numbers when they play heads up. Driving was giving Mike everything he wanted. They had that squad with Kenny Anderson and Derek Coleman and Driving. Driving was putting numbers Mike on his head. Mike said driving. Mike said driving stunk. I couldn't really guard him because he smelled like the bottom of the Yo, Mike called Phil Knight. Yeah, he called Phil Knight like something got to happen, yo. Like, what are we going to do here? <laughs> what are we going to do here? Yo, yo my man, my man, my man, my man said Mike and Phil Knight called Prigozhin back in the day. Yo. <laughs> and Prigozhin just my father. Yo, that, yo, hey Dev, you see the clip of your your president, yo? When they asked him about uh, <laughs> they asked him about Putin. No, what he what they he say now? They asked, they, they say they say yo, what, they say what you think about what's going on with Putin now? He's like, well, he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. Yo, <laughs> he said that. <laughs> yo, yo, I put it in the chat. I put it in the chat yesterday. I'm a father. I put it in there. He said he clearly and losing the war. Stop throwing dirt on Mike's name, man. Tries and they never get more than twenty six on me. That was once. Twenty six. <laughs> yeah, average sixteen on, on him. <laughs> Listen, man, go to YouTube and look up Dryzen versus Mike. He was dropping it on Mike head top. Mike ain't with the problem, man. Probably that, was all, that was all the highlights. All... <laughs> it was all hundred points that he's ever scored on Mike. He literally it pr- it probably was, but it looked fire though. <laughs> Just like now, what's the name gave him that one game that they be trying to put out there now when um what's the white boy name? Rex Chapman. Gave Mike work one night. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Rex Chapman. People using Mike, that. Yeah, he gave Mike work. <laughs> they using that to, to 
the, the judge Rex might snorted, be Rex snorted a line of crystal meth and went to work. <laughs> he, Mike, he did look like he Rex do look like he's from Kensington. He definitely looked like he's from Kensington. Yeah, he said crystal meth, yo. All right, so this is a conversation that will go on and on, man. And and it'll, you know, like I said, there'll be more material, (laughs) more stuff to be said because, like I said, in my opinion, I think the three-point line is about to completely take over basketball. So people will be talking about this for years to come and, you know, uh, romanticizing with their own era and, it's it's cyclical. It's, it's what happens. All right, but Jim, uh, you wanna what we wanna do first? We wanna go to the phone lines, or you wanna tell everybody what happened this week while they were on the Grizz Nae? I mean, since since you made the choice, mine, I say let's get Tobias on. We gotta get Tobias on, man. All right, let's go to Yo. the phone lines. We got Tobias calling in from Arizona, <laughs> a very very um, depressed. Chicago Bulls fan, I keep trying to tell my man, look, man, you ain't got no real ties to that area. MJ's long gone. I say you move on, brother. I say you move on because at this point you're a glutton for punishment. I say you move on. Hey, man. Yo, I was this close to jumping in front of a Mack truck today when I thought Vucevic got re-signed for $20 million a year. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, though, that's not a – that's not a grip of money for Vucevic. Vucevic is still decent, but it's just like three years old. Y'all just aren't trying to do anything different. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Think about this, right? Also resigned his backup and and drummer. Yeah, oh, y'all gonna run this talk, thing talk, all the way back. Like y'all gonna have the exact talk, same roster as last season. You talk molasses, uh, drumming over well, here. But hey, talk about yeah, Jimmy said the best. Oh Lord, I don't know what's gonna ha- come back first. Haley's coming, Alonzo Ball. Uh, you know, but <laughs> thing is, it will be dead by the time Haley's comment come back for anybody who knows to pay attention. But uh, the thing is, right, here's how I look at hey, it, right? Phoenix okay. is good now, man. you lived in Arizona for quite a while now. Nobody going to be mad at you if you just say, look, hey, okay, Katie. Let's hey, go, nah, Bill. I ain't going to be mad I would have had a better fan before Monty Williams took over. I would have had a better fan they didn't afford to look good. But we were actually <laughs> decent then. Uh, so I got to fuck there. I got to wait till the I got to wait till the Suns get in the cap hell yeah, and stuck with Bradley Beal. Yeah, but uh, problem with the Bulls is, uh, the, you know, the general manager is happy making the new general manager happy making the playoffs, but they didn't even do that last year. Uh, Tenth seed to play in the play in doesn't count to me. For two years in a row. They were dead last at three-point percentage and three-point attempts in a shooter's league. It, and what does he do this year? Like the first year, he dropped to Patrick Williams. Tall, athlete who can't shoot a lick. What did they do this year? Trade back in the second round to get a guy who can't shoot a lick. So I'm listen, like, since, uh, you, since you said that, is that how you would like to see it done? Or you're only saying that like, hey, this is what the league is, so we got to keep up. Because we were just uh, talking about the three-point shot well, and the effect that it's had on basketball. Do I you like you how the three-point shot is utilized now? I tell you, you why. Or you just saying that because you want to, you know, you want your team to keep up. Well, I want my team to blow it up for starters first off, but uh, but the thing is, DeRozan eats at the mid-range. Vucevic can still score in the post, and Levine 
you know, they're more like, you know, he's not a great three-point shooter. He just takes a lot of them, kind of like Jason Tatum. Uh, but he, he, he could score. But when you got three guys who aren't the greatest three-point shooters in the world, it's more streaky than anything. I was about to say, Zach can get hot. Yeah, he's streaky. But you need shooters who can open things up. Like Miami, for example, right? They have have shooters who can open things up for Jimmy Butler, who's not a great three-point shooter. Jimmy's actually ass for three-point range, but he got shooters around him who could actually give him space. That's the Bulls' problem. And they don't have a point guard. Uh, you know, uh, we don't have a point guard. Uh, they thought Bulls fans like, man, we got Patrick Beverly. I'm like, I'm like, just, 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 just go ahead and give me the cyanide pill now. Uh, I looked at it. And, uh, but Damn. It, it's not about <laughs> So if you're going to bring all these people back, just you got to help them out with shooting which gives them space. And Zach Levine is not a distributor. He's not a creator for other people. You need a point guard. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. You got to give people – you got to get a point guard, those guys going that way. That's no shame in that. You got to – when you start just getting players, you got to build a team. And you got to create space. Because look at the Nuggets, for example. Jokic kills people in the post, but they got a couple of guys who could get a shot that opens things up for them. And if you double team him, he got people that can shoot. The Bulls just throw the rocket. They they could hey, I don't know what I don't know what sinks worse, the Bulls force or, or the uh, Oceanside type Titan. But uh, you know, but I don't know, man. But I can't switch, man. I'm like Mariah Mills, man. I can't let it go, man. I'm a glutton, man. Uh, but one thing y'all talk, y'all talk about the three y'all talk about the three pointer stuff, right? I think what the problem is. This is why, like, the NFL, I kind of like the Tennessee Titans because they do something different, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's like, hey, we do something different here. It's a different strategy. But you're seeing now that the NFL kind of going back to running because everybody's playing too high safety. And, uh, but, like, with the NBA, the problem isn't the three-point shot itself. It is like that's all people do. You have yes, the math may say so, but here's the problem that math doesn't take consideration. What happens when you're cold? Y'all remember Alabama in the NCAA tournament? They were one of the tops in making and taking threes all year. Well, they got cold. Guess what plan B was? Take more of them. And they lost. You know, you have to – I think you have to be able to have a plan B. Look at Boston, game seven. They missed like 10-plus threes in a row. And they kept jacking them up. I'm like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Y'all all NBA here. Can you at least get me a 15 footer? Or <laughs> get to the foul line or something. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely that's, seen instances that's my where you live by and you die by. You know, the most glaring one in the NBA in recent years is the Houston Rockets in Game Seven against um they had that uh, game one. Warriors, right? So yeah, and that's the thing, like. Once you, once you, and everybody thinks like you always say, Tobias. Everybody thinks they're copying off of Golden State, but Golden State never went three point crazy the way the rest of the league has gone no. three point crazy, trying to quote unquote be like them. <laughs> they're always Houston, middle of the pack. I always call like them. You know those TV shows? Shot themselves out of an NBA championship because they probably would have yeah. won the finals 
had they made it to the final. They absolutely shot yeah. themselves out of a yeah, – go sometimes go you to got to be able to do something else. A plan, because go to State reminds me of that pool shark on the TV shows who potentially suck and take your money. Those dudes always build a pack of three-point shooting, but they got well-rounded games. Trey Young, the only thing that he resembles Steph Curry is he light skin with, with the good hair. That's it. He be taking these 35-foot threes, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't care if it's Steph Curry. If you take a logo no, three, can, thank you. <laughs> you know, no, if you make it, God bless you. I, I've been um, I've been on that Tobias for for years, man, and yeah. and everybody shoots their cat some bail because he does have some level of talent. But Trey Young, well, not is only that, terrible. Some Trey Young, nice man. But not but not only that, when you watch the game, he's not the reason they be losing. Like he's the only one that played in the playoffs. When you watch them in the playoffs, he's oh, not sorry, the reason they be winning. He's the only one keeping them in the game. He yeah, going crazy. Well, but you know what though? I think I, 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 I think he has a well-rounded game. game. How about to say, Trey shoots a lot of mid. He, he, he do a lot of drive-by. You stop. Do a lot shoot of a loader. mid-range so you can bump into his back. I mean, ha- I would Trey hate has that a as game. a defender, but it works. And, and, but what I'm saying but, is, but, I think trying to take 40-foot threes take away from his all-around game. Kind of like Luca take those steps back. Luca's a terrible I know what the answer is. I know what the answer is to all that. The answer to all this is. No, make a four point shot. I think if you make a four point shot, it's gonna get even more clownier. And I'm like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be dying laughing watching seven foot two dudes pull up from like half court trying to make. Because you know what, people think, and I, I'll go back to the kids on this. People think the farthest line there is on the court is one that you, the one you have to shoot from. We were in a gym recently. Remember, I coach 11-year-old. Most of them turning 12 right now. I coach 11-year-old. We're playing in a gym that has three three-point lines. So I guess, you know, it's like the regular line, the college line, the NBA line. It had three three-point lines. Guess which one they kept shooting from during the game. I, had to keep telling them. I, I, keep, I kept saying, like, <clears throat> but I don't even think they knew the difference. But even after I told them, it doesn't matter. They look down, they see a line, they're shooting from – Whichever one is the farthest line. They're just trained to do that. But I'm telling them, I'm out, I'm like, guys, to get a three-pointer, we don't have to take the shot from the farthest line. The first line is your three-point line. You don't have to shoot from the third line. We don't have to shoot five feet back from the first line. All right, coach. Kick go back out there. Everybody got their feet on the back line shooting. You know what it is also? Steph Curry doesn't take as many of those local threes now for one reason. It is hell on your legs. Your body to take all those long shots like that. That's tiring. And if you notice that. But I just think that, like, you got to, if you well, cause let's just be real here. I mean, I talk money ball. I don't think Billy Bean even made the ALCS playing money ball. I don't think he ever won a series uh, playing money he ball. He didn't. But, 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 he but didn't. the thing is, though, he didn't. Just, just, but them A's, that A's wasn't supposed to win the pennant that year, though. So but but to add context to that, though, it's not, it's not just that. If you look at how many teams have won the World Series since that have used analytics, it's pretty much damn near all of them. Um, I'm about to say, just, everybody else used his formula. They just they yeah, still had yeah. more money he, he, to use it better. Like the yeah, A's, think, exactly. A's were straight. The Dodgers cool. lost on it last year. And, the, like, uh, the one I hate about is, like, dude, if my pitcher is rolling – well, I don't want to go to my bullpen. Let me keep my starter ace in here and milk him a little bit. Uh, I, I think that's stupid in baseball. 
But uh, but Listen, one man, thing, I, I, but you I, know, Tobias, I'm, that I'm, year that the they won the pennant, they were working with like a thirty-eight million dollar um, payroll. The Yankees yeah, in that same year was working like a hundred and twenty-five. Remember, they tried to hire him in Boston. They tried to give him like twelve and a half million dollars a year. He turned it down. Boston still went that way. And then, you know, the quote-unquote curse of the Bambino finally was lifted. Boston was playing Moneyball, but they just had more yep. money to play with than the That's my point, Tobias. I'm actually, I'm actually um, um, I'm reading a book now, and it's called Don't Trust Your Gut, and it's about using analytics to make decisions, right? And he goes through that whole thing. Fuck your eyes. What Dev just said. <laughs> Yo, he, that's the name of the book, though. It's called Don't Trust Your Gut. Fuck your eyes and your gut. To make decisions. Mm-hmm. But but the thing is though he talks about he gives the um the historical context of Billy Bean and what he did but also what followed Billy Bean so it wasn't really about him personally the right. every team since then right and you know um the thing about statistics and analytics though is that everything always regresses to the mean but what people remember is the the, the times that it doesn't because it's not a hundred percent effective as is nothing but. Right. If you look overall, even the NBA teams that have won championships all have a level of analytics that they use to do so. I mean, it's just part of life at this point. Yeah. It is what it is. But the thing is, to, to Death's point about the league being a copycat league, now with the Nuggets having this level of success, we're going to see if people try league to might get that, bigger again. Right? Yeah, the league going to get bigger right? again. Right, so the league – Small ball might the, be I mean, done. that's what happens. <clears throat> y'all talk about small ball. I'm oh, sorry, Jimmy. No, no, go ahead. You got it. You got it. Yeah, like it, even with Golden State, for example, every year they had a couple of bigs on the squad. That's what people forget about also. The small line of like the last six minutes of the game. But they always had bigs in there for the size because they knew what was up because you, you can't play small the whole game. I think like some of these teams, when they try to copy it, it's like me trying to, to copy the rapper chef, but I can't rap. Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, I know that's Jimmy's favorite cook. Everybody else do that. <laughs> Not a lot of rappers can rap these days. They ain't gonna make you some millions while cooking at the same time. He's gonna do that right list. I'm coming back in a second. You can be yeah. a trap. Yeah, uh, you can be the trap chef. <laughs> the mumble chef. Yeah, but uh, but but yeah, but the thing is with analytics, right? Uh, I just think the sole reliance. It's like you gotta have a plan B because I think the Rudy Gay, twenty foot long two is stupid. But uh, you know, but let me. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, if, if, you, if you, you got, got your foot, stuff. if you got your foot dead on the. Like the middle of your foot on the three point line, and you taking that like that's a stupid shot, and that's what analytics yeah. tell you. Like that's that's the, probably the worst shot in basketball. The long two that's right in front of the three point line. That's silly. Yeah, you might as well take a half a step back and get more points for that shot. Yeah. So, but, but I agree with that. That's just, but but you know what? I'll say this real quick. I just think that you can't force someone not to play what brought them to a dance. Because of that, like the Marderro, like Kevin Durant, people can play and take that many. I'm like, but you gotta give me a thirty. Let him play his game and get people who may do what you need because analytics mainly, if you go on pure numbers, is for role players. Yo, great, they got to do their thing because they, they, over, they, they supersede that, if you get what I'm saying. But, hey, you guys have a good one, man. And, and I heard B. Austin paid for James Harden limo to the airport to get him out of town. For <laughs> yep, a couple, put a couple Magic City girls in there, too. But, hey, <laughs> opting into that contract. The only chance the Sixers have is because it's ex- an, an expiring contract. But, you know, people shouldn't celebrate too soon. Yeah, but you got to take it easy. People might be like, I ain't paying him $36 million. <laughs> I don't care if it's expiring or not. So, 
James might have to come back after he opts in, so we'll see. All right, uh, uh, Jim, what happened this week, man, where everybody was on the Grizz naive? Because I'm hungry. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely going, you know, we going to get out of here. And I'm watching we'll a video see. of somebody making an oxtail cheesesteak on cocoa bread. So I'm real hungry now. Dog, my, yo, my TikTok is full of nothing but buns. Buns and buns. Buns and buns. Yeah, food buns, buns, uh, conspiracy theory, and hoops. But, uh, you know, <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> how about that segue to why you want to grind is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technology. Hit up DigitalExtremeTech.com or you want to uh, call 267-205-4203 and go, yeah, and get you a custom-made website. But it's time to talk about what happened while you were in the Grizz Nye. Speaking um, of buns and, speaking and algorithms. Of buns, yeah, <laughs> speaking of buns <laughs> and algos and algos. Yeah, shout out to the algos. Um Mariah Mill uh, has tattooed Zion's name on her face and claims to be pregnant with his seed. Yeah. Uh, or as uh, Robert Lattal, what do you say? His, his pelican seed. So, I mean, um, I don't know. So, this is, the, uh, this is the Mariah Mill's news of the week because she won't stop. So, you know, she's going to have an update every week. She ain't got no friends, though. She has no friends. She has, yeah. She has nobody that cares about her. At least that's just gonna tell her, no family, no like nothing. Like, please, just stop. Definitely. Twitter cut her off. She just went to Instagram. Her dad, whatever. Her dad is way worse. Her dad, yo. Our dad already failed, so we can't bring her dad into this. He's been fair. Zion must have hit her with that. Zion must hit her with that pink horsepower because she will not leave main man. That is the crazy part, though. This John is a porn star. You get different slums every day, and this boy got you sprung like this. So what? And, and he, and he, I, and he, I heard somebody saying this is – who was saying that? Cam and Mace? Like, this could be a good thing for Zion, especially with the ladies. Porn stars yeah. sprung like this? They're going to be like, you yeah, know, he with, might with, with Zion going. Yeah, like, like what are you definitely the white chick's definitely about this. The barbarian's about to step it up. Zion better be careful because he already knows they are coming. If you want some barbarian coochie, be my guest. If you that thirsty <laughs> that you need some barbarian coochie, go get you some barbarian coochie. And I hope she. But <laughs> uh, yo, so I don't I don't know what's real and what's not. You know, she put the pregnancy test up there. She didn't actually say it was Zion, but everybody knows with her rants lately what she's trying to say. Um, They showed her getting a tattoo on her face. You know, who knows if that was real or not. Maybe it was a henna henna or something like that, so maybe it wore off. But either way, like I said, like she needs a father figure in her life because just whether it's real or not, like, like, come on. But but if any yeah. of these two are real, she's making a real attempt this week to for Zion to remain in her life permanently, either on her face in cursive or, you know, <laughs> with this child. I'm pretty sure he's already left his mark yeah. on her face plenty of times. But plenty of marks on her face, yeah. Plenty of <laughs> on her throat and all that. But I, I just, yo, I don't, I don't understand. The only time I can remotely relate to this, never mind. I, I, yo, Zion, yo, be careful, young man. Be careful. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Next Friday. 
Did they? That crazy bitch outside again. That's, that's right. <laughs> let's, just, let's just leave it alone. Let's move. Let's move on to the other story. From the back, which is Billboard. Shot the Billboard, who put up their uh, rankings of the greatest rap group of all time. Outcast, they ruled as being number one. So, gentlemen, did you guys see the list? Have any thoughts on the list, or you know? Um, I saw the I saw the top ten. I didn't want to get past that because I know it was probably going to get crazy and silly and stupid. But their top ten is pretty decent. It's more than you would expect from from Billboard because Billboard, when they release these lists, you a lot of times you can tell that it's Billboard because Billboard has always gone on you know sales and and all that kind of stuff. But this one, you know, you see some people up here who didn't have super-duper commercial success, and you're like, okay, this is pretty decent um, top ten, at least, altogether. And even right, well, being me, a guy me, uh, from the South, I can't really complain me, me, about Outkast being number one, like all they've done in the I'm game not, for I'm the not, game. But let me say this, though. I can't complain. Let me say not this, my I'm going to give you guys – let me give you guys the uh, the top twenty real quick. So the I know number where twenty my is GTK. Because I'm looking in the ten. No, number twenty oh, is GTK. Number nine. Number nineteen is G Unit. Uh, number eighteen is Three Six Mafia. Group? Number seventeen is. Are they really a group or was that just a label and a crew? G Unit. G Unit. Do they consider themselves they release, a group? They release, yeah, they release more group albums than some of these cats on this uh, this page. But anyway, listen, though. Um, 3-6 Mafia is number 18. Number 17, Cypress Hill. Number 16, Beastie Boys. Number 15, Naughty by Nature. And not because I hate you. Uh, number 14 is the Fugees. Number 13 is M.O.B.B. Uh, number 12, Grandmaster Flash, Mysterious Five. Number 11, The Migos. Um, they've saw the top 10, but I'll give you the 10 anyway. Ten is the roots. Nine is De La Soul. Uh, number eight is Salt and Pepper. Number seven is Eric B and Rakim. I don't even know if I consider them a group, but anyway. Um, right. Number but six back is Public then Enemy. With the DJ, yeah, but I don't consider that a group. Yeah. Though. Number six is Public Enemy. Number five is Run DMC. Number four is a Tribe. Number three is Negroes with Attitude. Number two is Wu Tang, and number one, as previously mentioned, is Sanconia, Southcast. Yeah, I'm with them. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at the list. I'm not even mad at the I'm top mad. one. I'm mad. I'm going to need, need, need my boys EPMD in the top 20 somewhere. I'm going to need EPMD, I'm going to need living off experience. So, 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 I'm going to need living off experience up in there. Yeah, See, the Migos thing, I think they just throwing a new bone. No, but but yeah, that speaks to that. That speaks to the billboard stuff you were talking about from a sales perspective. And it's not a lot know, of groups. Know. It's not a lot of groups left. But, anyway. I, but 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 again, but again, it depends upon how you're gauging though, because cultural impact. They had a cultural impact, even though it's not they did. our time. Like yeah. they, they are, they, they are. You know, it was the anyway. Group. But my thing is, there's a group of the future. I, I probably, I probably would have Wu Tang number one, and I'm not even mad at. I'm not mad at Outkast being in the top. Yeah, I'm not mad at Outkast, but I would, four. I would have Wu number one. I would have Outkast somewhere in my top five, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, shout but, to but, the, I, but I understand their you know. impact, so I'm not mad at Cass at all being up there. You know um, what I'm surprised about? Every time, I think they that? deserve I'm it. I'm surprised that Billboard put De La Soul as number nine. I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, I've always considered like, uh, De La Soul 
one of the more so, underrated groups. That's, like, that's also like a hype beast type post too, because Daylight Soul has become popular with the younger kids, specifically like recently. Um, recently, yeah. it's weird. Daylight Soul is like because nerds run everything now. Daylight Soul has always been a fan of nerds. They like the they, their, their yeah, space, they're nerds. They're nerds. Yeah, their space is is, is kind of carved out, but um, you know, it's always, it's, it's, lists always get, get computers cuting. So you know, this wasn't the worst. There was some Yo, they didn't put but, you know. they didn't put Dipset in the top twenty. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't. Not in the top they 20, didn't. No. That was shocking too, though, because they're they're like you know I thought that was like a hype beast thing too to do too, but I think you know they kind of knew they wasn't going to put the clips. I knew they wasn't going to put the clips in there, but nah. I mean, first of all, we gotta like I think duos should have their own category. Right. I like that. Because I was about to point. say, if you're going to put Eric B and Rakim, how come like Red and Meth don't get up in there? I mean, they but, did an album, you know. Right. They did a couple albums. But, you know, I don't really like it, but I understand it because back then the DJ, according to how hip-hop was going at that time, was supposedly as important as the, the MC. I've always been a mm-hmm. lyric dude myself, so... It was never that so way Jesse for me. Jeff and the Fresh, but... Jesse, Jeff and the Fresh Prince that then. Right. True. They should be. Also, I'm sure they also, on the list. I'm sure they in on the list. Also, one of my personal favorites. Where's Stetson Sonic at, B? Anyway, with all that being oh. said, man. Um, I'm a huge Stetson Sonic fan, by the way. Yo, I, saw a new, I heard a new Stetson Sonic song Tuckley. like a month ago. Like, fuck, they still doing Oh, damn, that. I ain't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still I ain't know it was still music. making music, but. I heard yo. I heard a new. Um, yeah, yeah, yo. <laughs> yo, I heard a, I heard a new Troop song yesterday. But they weren't I heard really a new playing there yesterday. Troop. Oh, and I shit. died laughing, right? Because you know, you know, Troop's most popular song is a remake of uh, the Jacksons, right? Right. You know, I which I didn't. Which day, truthfully, you know? I didn't know until like this year. All right. So, so here's the thing. I didn't like, realize that that song was. I, I actually think I actually think it's one of those instances where Troop actually did the song more justice than the original, right? I really believe it. I, I, so, I only I, the Troop version is what I'm thinking about when even now that right, I so, know. But, but here, but but here's here's where the story takes a turn. So it popped up on my algos that they got a new song out. They're doing now, mind you, this is this is fifty year old Troop. These are the, the grown the same dudes, but they in their fifties now. Their right, newest single is a remake, a remake of Lady of Lady of My Life. I know they drunk. And, <laughs> yeah, they just they, they, so I clicked get on it because you know I said let me listen because I'm like they did they did Mike Justice last time. Yo, y'all need to chill, yo. <laughs> y'all need to chill. Y'all went to the <laughs> well one too many times, dog. Mike rolling over in his grave. Now they taking it too far. Yeah, y'all went too far, dog. Y'all, y'all, y'all was like, we're going to come back on this. And obviously, I'm the only one that's heard it, so it, it obviously didn't have the impact last time. So, well, y'all know y'all. what I'm listening to y'all as soon as we finish. Yo, yo, all you got to do is, yo, dog, just, send me the, just, just text me the laughing emojis, and I'm already know what it is. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> With that being said, though, let's, start, let's talk about uh, what's going on at Tennessee State University. Because this was actually shocking to me. I didn't notice until, like, Dev sent me to, um, you know, something to talk about today. I'm like, Tennessee State is set to become the first HBCU to offer college hockey. I didn't know there was – I just assumed that y'all had one. I assume Howard got everything. Right, Howard got everything, right? They got a swim team. Nah, nobody, yeah, nobody has college class. hockey. And they're going to start it as a club team, which, you know, club teams aren't really 
Division One. They aren't NCAA, but they could be played by um, a college. As a matter of fact, I think at one point while we were there, B, our baseball team dropped out of NCAA and became yeah. a club team. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. But yeah, so they said TSA TSU said its goal is to eventually fill both the Division One men's and women's team, but they're going to start it off as a club team. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, some black people in the NHL now. I don't know a lot of black people who play hockey. Um, I thought I would assume, you know, in the Midwest, they play pickup hockey in the Midwest like we play pickup basketball. Yeah, find a frozen over lake, frozen over pond, and go go to go work. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna be honest with you, right? Watch, yo, watch this, Dad. Do you remember? And he was a little bit younger than us. The offensive tackle. They came in in like 2000, named Big Z. He was like six, seven, four million pounds, and everyone loved him. Yeah, he... you remember Big? Z? Yo, Bo was a hockey. He was a hockey player, like like an all world hockey dude. Where was he from? Detroit. He was from Detroit. They played see? hockey. In Detroit. Now, see, Black you got to know where they're from. Like the only people from yeah. Detroit, only what Black people that might have a chance of being hockey players are from like Detroit. Now, what well, I want to say can be taken the wrong from way, but it's not. and Detroit. Minnesota and Detroit. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something, and it may be misconstrued the wrong way, and I don't mean it that way, right? But I, I want us to get into hockey. I want us to dominate hockey because hockey is such an amazing game to watch live. I've been to a couple Flyers games, dog, and when it you is. watch hockey live. But mm. it's also weird because you don't see anybody that, you know, generally speaking, you don't see anybody that looks like you. And I'm talking about in the crowd. I'm talking about on the ice, and on the ice. honestly, and it's going to sound and it's going to sound weird. I start to feel uncomfortable while I'm there, right? So, hey, especially if you to, go to them games where they start throwing bananas at the only black people on on the ice. Yo, so then it makes me think. Then it that's makes me that's think. Reason to feel uncomfortable. Is this, is this how mm-hmm. other people feel at basketball games? I'm like, damn, that's that's, that's effed up. <laughs> but Probably not that though, look like even though we run that game, we don't run the crowd. We still don't yeah, like the and they'd be like, and they be like, go ahead and entertain me, boy. Yep. So that's right, aspect right, of the right. Piece. They've always used us for their entertainment, boxing, basketball. But hockey is a, such an amazing game. It's not, yo, it's like soccer on ice. Right. It, it takes yeah. an amazing level yeah. of skill too to you know do all that you're doing. So maybe while maybe ice skating. I can't so even ice skate Tennessee by myself. Six, so. <laughs> dog, I listen. I can't even roller skate. Imagine roller skating now. Like I don't want to do none of that. But you know what this anyway. is going to end up being, though, Jim. This is going to end up being. Uh, uh, this is this is going to have white people enrolling in HBCUs so they can get themselves a scholarship that the black people not you utilizing. You get one of them scholarships. Yeah, <laughs> I mean affirmative action. Affirmative action is gone now, so. Yeah, so they're about to utilize it to get scholarships that the black people weren't utilizing. And because they weren't good enough to get any at the real hockey schools that be in like Minnesota and you know stuff like that, so that's so, probably where it's going to end up going. Minutes. But I hope it goes where Jimmy. I just said. thought about something. I hope you know. Hope the black people utilize. I just, I, just, I just thought about something. I just made a couple of jokes tonight about fishing, y'all. I ain't been fishing in like 25 years. I wouldn't know where to start if I tried to go fishing. When the last time one of y'all ever have y'all y'all went fishing before? Yeah, I, I I used to go yeah. fishing back in the day with my back pop, the but last, then back in the last I century, tried to go in the last century. Yeah, I tried to 90s. go fishing with Chase when he was like four. Why you do three, that? Four. How'd it work out? Yeah, it ain't work out. No, I ain't got your motherfucking thing. It was terrible. 
Yo, yo, we should we should do we should do a war report fishing trip, yo. Fishing trip. Yo, you know what? We would get it. We would get it and appreciate it now. But so many people have told me, yo, it's not about the fish you catch. It's not. I said, well, then what the is about this? <laughs> come on, Make man. We're going to set up the Warren Sports Fishing Ship, yo. Hey, 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 hey Scavi, will you down to come, you know, come through? We're going to set up the Warren Sports Fishing uh, fishing Trip for all. That's what it's about when you were the three-year-old, though. You told them you're going to catch some fish. They want to see some goddamn fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dev effed up to the third power because he brought a three-year-old along. Three-year-old ain't trying to hear none of that. You said we're catching the fish. Dad, yeah, it's gonna be weird there. though, cause like, cause I don't like drink beer enough, and so I'm just gonna sit there and like, you know, just talk shit. <laughs> anyway, have a cooler full of water. Yeah, <laughs> cool, cooler full of water or whatnot. Drawing. Anyway, with all that being said though, um, last story that happened while you on the grid, like sad story, man. Ryan Mallett, the former NFL quarterback, he died in an apparent drowning um, accident. I always sounds crazy when you hear about people like you know in their thirties whatever die from drowning. Like drowning. obviously anybody See, can drown in any you know you, amount of water. But, but you know why though? It's where they be trying to swim. He was out on the Florida Panhandle in places where they have like these riptides. So truthfully, they said they said he's like the eleventh person in the last two weeks to die along the Gulf Coast. So, right. So like you out here in these places where the riptides and the wind blowing and all that like. I, I, no. I, I don't even really swim in the, the ocean. Like, if I go to the beach, which I don't, I'm not even a fan of the beach, but if I go, I'm out there no more than knee high, and that's all I'm doing. I'm, I'm not trying to, come on, man. It's too much going on. No. Right 11 people Hold in the up, last two weeks. Quarter, on that John got 11 bodies in two weeks? In two weeks. So Yo, they said he was some chick I don't leave from my old neighborhood. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> but, but they said first responders were called to a beach in Destin, Florida, around 2:12 p.m. because there were reports that people were near a sandbar and they were all struggling to make it to shore. So they had to go rescue a bunch of people. And once they rescued him, he wasn't breathing, and they said he uh, later died at the hospital. So yeah, they had to grab a group of people out of the water. So. Yo, people, stop swimming and doing stuff in places where you're not supposed to be. <laughs> Yo, y'all got to stop fighting alligators, fighting lions. Yo, I think one of y'all jumped today, dude was out there playing with a bear, trying to feed a bear like a, a, a whopper or, or uh, <laughs> a big, what's he called? Uh, he was trying Animals. to whopper uh, the Big Mac to a, to a little bear, and the bear was turning away. He did it to say, even bears won't eat this McDonald's stuff. I was like... So what do you want to eat gonna your do? ass in a minute? Decide, hey, make no- yeah, like, what is he doing? Like, yeah, y'all got to <laughs> chill, man. Y'all really got to chill out here, y'all. I know y'all bored. And don't say, y'all, don't say y'all. Y'all. <laughs> y'all know. You know who really got to chill. <laughs> the Barians. <laughs> you know who got to chill. The Barians, man. Yo, when we were getting the show underway, brother, we were just talking like, Yo, everybody that died on the submarine that was going to the to the great beyond was billionaires. Like, yo, if I get a billion dollars, I'm not trying to go to the bottom of the, the ocean or to the moon. I ain't trying to. If I get a billion boat. dollars, I mean, I mean, I told y'all pretty much. Y'all told me we all pretty much know how we gonna die if we get a billion dollars. Like, it's not yeah. gonna be in a submarine. You know what I mean, yo, so yo, I, you know, to the cauliflower, gonna, gonna be wet. Leave it alone, <laughs> y'all. Wet, but it ain't leave it alone. Be 
<laughs> yeah, I got me a, I got me a whole list of. Gonna be a lot of moisture around. Shout to, yo, be shout to Jada Fire too, man. I be off, and I gotta send you something, man, because you you obviously ain't seen the, the god the goddess lately. With that being said, though, read, that's what happened it. this week, man. Listen, this what that's what happened this week while y'all were on the Grizz Night. All right, no doubt that was definitely a um, that was definitely a <laughs> people call it a, a white supremacist submarine. <laughs> so uh, look, man. Before we get out of here, this is Dayton Sports History brought to you by Sports the Book. Y'all know what it is, man. Go get Sports the Book from WarRoomSports.com, SportsTheBook.com, or Amazon.com. Greatest sports book ever written, written by the War Room's own Jimmy the Blueprint. Get you a copy before I steal you. All right, June 29th, 1990, speaking of the, the, the Oakland A's, the A's Dave Stewart, no-hits Blue Jays, and Dodgers Fernando Valenzuela, no-hits St. Louis. This was the first time no-hitters happened in both leagues in the same day. So, you know, pitchers was eating that day back in 1990. So we'd like to give a nice war room salute to this historical moment in Major League Baseball history. Let's get up out here. Absolutely. Let's get out of here. Hey, yo, be awesome. By the way, yo, check your phone. I just sent you something, bro. Um, <laughs> Jada Fire, Jada Flame. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, though, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody who supports, man, everybody on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Listen, man, special shout out to Neil and Kev for always holding us down. We appreciate you. Um, even, you know, even when the chat room don't even work no more. Yeah, we still, we, still love y'all, man. we still love y'all, man. Tune in next week live right here on demand as we catch you up on everything going on in the world of sports and entertainment Yo, and the internet. Sick. <laughs> Yo, it look better now. Yo, so until then, enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs> and we'll see you right back here next time. Out of here, yeah. <laughs> you sure to catch all of our conversations <laughs> on social media. Yo, I gotta get out of here. Yo, everything we do can be found at warroomsports.com. No, she was overrated in her prime. She was overrated. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Just passing the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on Tills Naive. Yo, I'm out. <laughs>
War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.